expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Monty Man. Welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show, broadcasting from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Do you know what that stands for, Denver? Uh, no, enlighten me, please. Well, it's kind of K-H-A-L-T, which is, I mean, K-H-L, I mean, I don't... Uh, Man. I, I, I did, did. <laughs> That went sideways. H-A-L-T, which stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired, which is what you want to avoid. Aww. So K-H-L-T is... Yeah, well, when we when we were given the the letters, it just kind of worked out that way. But anyway, you don't really have a choice; they give them to you. Here, here's your West Coast call letters. So, what does that mean then? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Oh yeah, I knew that one. Hungry. Uh, I, so knew, I I knew that one. Kooky with a K. But, but. <clears throat> hungry, lazy. And ticked off. They actually let you pick that out, huh? No, no, no. They give it to you, but but it just happened to kind of fit. I just kind of squeezed H A L T in there in yeah. my head. Excellent. Yeah, it fit. <laughs> it fit on the west coast. I mean, on the east coast, it's like I don't know what it is. X. Mm. No, it's W W. W K P W K A P in Cincinnati or whatever that was W X Y Z W K R P W K R P that's right I remember that oh, boy oh boy oh boy oh boy Marv's here hi hey <laughs> <laughs> and Denver's here <clears throat> howdy and I just I guess got the scripture verse from the day um, from the Bible app and this is for Tony. Um, he gives power to the faint and to him that has no strength, he increases strength. Isaiah 40, 20, 29. Tony's sick today. So Aww. that's, that's for her. Um, no, no baby. No, well, we have a baby, but <clears throat> Tony's not here to go, the baby. Uh, so she's not feeling well. So Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint and for those who don't have strength, he he lifts them up. So we pray that she gets strength and gets lifted up and gets to feeling better. She can't talk. She has no voice. That kind of sounds like that. that that's rough. <laughs> Tony without a voice. Tony without what? a voice. No giggles. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so the topic uh, this week is Who Moved My Cheese? Inspired by the book by Dr. Spencer Johnson uh, of the same title, Who Moved My Cheese? And it's a really easy read. It's like a quarter of an inch thick. And it's all about change. And, you know, walking through change. And we're talking today about walking through change while in recovery. <clears throat> sometimes we get, sometimes sometimes we know that change is coming. Sometimes we've even planned it out. We've, we've premeditated uh, and, 
and organized change. Maybe we're moving or we're looking for a new job or, you know, we're going to, for those who have hair, uh, get a haircut or <laughs> left, left field on that. Yeah, right. Um, maybe we're going to get a new pair of glasses. So, you know, we make an appointment to see the Oculus. I mean, those are all things that we kind of have control over. At least we feel like we do. And, and other times change hits us just backhands us and we have no idea where it came from. Uh, and it might come in the form of uh, the loss of a loved one. Uh, you get up in the morning, you go out to start your car, it doesn't start. You're already running late, and now you're really running late. Um, there's all sorts of things that can happen. You know, you go to work, you think you got it, you know, you've been there 20 years, and you think you got it made, and the boss hands you a pink slip and says, we're laying people off. I mean, these are changes that we, we don't expect. Or you go out and start your car, and it's not there. It's not there. <laughs> it's not even there. Yeah. Yeah, now I've never had that happen. I've had my bicycle not be there, though. Oh, I've had it happen. Have you had your car not there? Well, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you understand now, don't you? Yeah, from the blackout the uh, night before, right? Yeah, right. yeah. It, I had it to should have been there, but... I got a phone call going, uh, are you missing your car? <laughs> I brought you home last night. Oh, thank goodness. I got a phone call like that from the uh, Portland Metro Police Department yeah. one time. Um, do you drive a 1972 <laughs> Honda? No. <laughs> with M&Ms painted on the back? Yes, sir. Did you engage in the robbery of a delicatessen last oh, week? Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Did you need money? Kinda. For drugs? Yes, sir. Well, you will... You will be checking in with us in 30 days. Get your affairs in order, please, Mr. Meyer. That's a true story. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to rob a place, don't park right in front of the picture window that... Nah. <laughs> park a block away. <laughs> and, okay, so anyway, we're going to be talking about who moved my cheese is the question. I mean, you got your cheese, man. You've been working all year for that big block of cheese. It's the best cheese in the world. You stick it right where you want it, and then you go and do something else, and you come back, and somebody, some knucklehead, has moved it. And it doesn't matter if you can't find it or if it's moved just two inches. You're not happy because somebody moved your cheese. And I want to know who it was. So that's what we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. <clears throat> if we Stop get through this, it's time for Man's So I'll say it for Tony, the baby. There you go. It's not the same. I know it's just not the same, right? No. See, Tony, it's just not the same without you here. Uh, and uh, so the weekly wine this week is wineless. I, I I really struggle to find something to whine about. I have one thing, but I really don't want to talk about it on the air. <laughs> I'm looking at Denver because yeah. he knows what it is. Uh, I, we'll just leave it. Just one? We'll just wow. leave it under the blanket. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you guys have anything to whine about? Come on, stir something up. Come on, Denver. You know you gotta what? have something. You, you know what? I could whine and whine and whine. I know, and but it's, it's a weekly one. It's, you're right. It's, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna behoove me any. So it's kind of like mine. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it alone. This yeah, week. I got one of them too. What about you, Marv? Yeah, well, it kind of goes along with the topic. I'm, oh, good. I, yeah, I want a little cheese with my wine. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? Oh, really? I don't have a whole lot. Um, although, let me, uh, you know, people are, have businesses and have had them for a long time. Yeah. And their parking lots <clears throat> are set up in a certain way uh, for cars or trucks to go through in a certain manner. Their parking places are angled mm -hmm. in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. and. And then you have jerks who come in the back way, and you're pulling in at the same time. You see your favorite parking spot. You're headed for it, and here comes this guy coming the in wrong the direction. wrong way and yeah. zips in there real quick, and he's off at an angle. He's not straight. People are going to 
be bothered by the way he's parked. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, come Those on, man. Those guys. You're, you're which, in a big truck, Marv. I, I think I'd bump him out of the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's those little cars, too. They can just whip around. Zip, zip, Oh, zip. yeah. Well, this was a, no, it was a truck. Oh, was it a truck? Yeah. Oh, How yeah. dare he? I know it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Was he young, old? Well, you know what Tony would say to Younger that? Younger than me. You know what Tony would say to that, don't you? Burn him. Burn him down. There you Burn go. <laughs> no, I get that. It's 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 extremely irritating. You know, especially when it's your favorite parking spot. Well same way at the ATM. <laughs> you ever had that happen? You go in there and there's somebody using it, so you wait. <laughs> you know, and you're thinking you're being a nice guy. You're not want to stand there and have your nose in their business when right. you're trying to Yeah. So I'm so you're standing there. kind of back. No, I'm sitting in oh. my truck oh, watching truck. the mirror. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you can then, get out next. Then okay. I see him leaving, and I get out of my truck. Well, here comes a guy at thirty miles an hour in the bank parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls in there, throws the door open, and I'm halfway to the ATM, and he's just a chucking boy. <laughs> and uh, I love it. And beats me to it. Well, what a bunch of scallywags. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody's too busy nowadays. Relax a little bit, would you? I know. Poor Mar- If you see Mark parts in front of the ATM, please let him go yeah. ahead of you. Well, any, any of us that are walking slow, we're just getting there. We're well, just trying to get there. You asked for wines. So. I like it. I really like it. That's good. Yeah. Zippity-doo-dah. Oh. Right on. Oh. Hey, I yeah. just heard the train whistle. <gasps> I did, too. There's my wine. Oh, that. Oh. Oh. Over there on Queen and. I, I'm telling you, uh, Casey, move <sighs> that train along. You park on the tracks and you wait. I see the headlight. I pull up there. Yeah. And I zip across track as fast as I can because I see the headlight 20 yards away and he's ready to pull in. Yeah. And yeah. stop and wait. And I know, and I'm telling you, there there is a drone or something that flies around looking for our cars, just waiting to <laughs> signal those guys, because uh, it is very seldom that I actually cross that those tracks when there's not a train. Yeah, very seldom, and I don't get it. I you know, no matter what time of day. Well, there there are certain times, like I said. But it says it says that there's a sign there. Have you ever read it? No, it says they're not supposed to take up any more time than such and such. I think there's a number that you're supposed to call. Fifteen minutes, I think, or twenty max. Yeah, twenty minutes is a long time to be parked on a track. You know, I mean, darn it, I do not want to sit in line and 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 get serious about my spirituality and read my Bible at a train track. Here's the beautiful because I've had people tell me that's what I could do. I (laughs) I, I see the guy trying to get to the ATM. Right? He pulls up there. He whips up there and he waits about five seconds, and then he whips it a U-turn and off he goes. And about that time, the train moves out of the way. Oh, I know. There's there's justice right there. I know. There there is. Yeah, so if you have a train like that in your town, let us know. (laughs) Casey, move it along. Casey, move it along. Absolutely, do that now. Time for the weekly win. So I I wish Tony was here because uh, Tony Tony and I uh, had the pleasure and honor of uh, doing a broadcast they're recording some great interviews from the Hands Across the Bridge uh, event at Marion uh, Square Park in uh, our state's capital in Salem, Oregon, uh, last week. And we got there, and they had tables all set up for all of us that had booths. You had to bring your own pop-up. But they had tables ready. Um, they had these little... Rocks with every table had a different rock that had something written on it, like ours was serenity, somebody else's may have been honesty or something like that. And you got a bag, uh, this little silk bag when you got there, and then you went to every table 
and got a rock, so you had a bag full of rocks. Yay, I got a bag full of rocks. Uh, <laughs> I've had plenty of those. But they had a little contest thing going on, so that way you, you got to visit every booth and talk to the people. It was very clever how they did it. Um, but it was the uh, Hands Across the Grid celebrating National Recovery Month and honoring those who had passed away due to uh, mental health challenges or perhaps drug overdoses or, you know, different unfortunate events surrounded around recovery or perhaps the lack of recovery. And then celebrating those people that were in recovery and who were working uh, on their on their journey of recovery or who had recovered. And then they met uh, and held hands across the Marion Street Bridge, which is quite a lengthy bridge from downtown Salem all the way across the river. Uh, and there was there was a lot of, there was all sorts of people there. It was sponsored uh, by the Marion Polk Peer Coalition, and our friends from Project Able were there. Mm-hmm. The, there were uh, Celebrate Recovery was there. There was an amazing food truck there. Oh, it was an amazing food truck. Mm. Yes, it was amazing. It was the best booth there. Amazing. The food truck. <laughs> uh, but they had they had music, they had DJ. It was great. It was just a win all the way around. I got to Excellent. talk to some very, very, uh, very interesting people. Uh, and it was just very positive all the way around. So, you, you know, we're going to get ready to do that again, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, coming up. In fact, we're going to listen to uh, the promo for that right now, and then we'll be back. So don't go away. Check it out. Spirit in the sky. Wait, what? It's almost time. It sure is for the 7th Annual Hope Fest, Arizona. Saturday, September 29th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in the Yavapai County Courthouse Plaza in beautiful downtown Prescott, Arizona. Live music, local and national recording artists, guest speakers, free family fun zone, car and motorcycle show, the Hopesters Community Resource Fair, food vendors, and so much more. And headlining the music this year, it's Selah. That's the 7th Annual Hope Fest, Arizona, Saturday, September 29th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Visit www.hopefestaz.com. Building relationships during recovery from mental and substance use disorders puts the strength of family and community behind you. We're all connected. Join the Voices for Recovery. Strengthen families and communities. During a rally in the evening of July 1958, dozens of gang members from the streets of New York City came forward to turn their will and their lives over to Jesus Christ, including Nikki Cruz from the street gang, the Mau Mau's. The morning after the rally, Nikki and his gang, along with other gang rivals, traded in their weapons for Bibles. This was to be the beginning of the world's largest and most effective faith-based treatment program for those living with life-controlling issues such as alcohol and narcotic addiction. The author of The Cross and the Switchblade, Pastor David Wilkerson, would commit his life and passion to working with men and women from all walks of life through the founding of the International Ministry of Teen Challenge. Well, the worldwide ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge is stronger than ever and reaching more addicts and alcoholics seeking recovery every day. If you or someone you know is in need of freedom from the bondage of life-controlling issues, visit TeenChallengeUSA.com for a center near you. And if you are in the Pacific Northwest, call 541-491-1002 to speak with an intake coordinator. Adult and Teen Challenge, putting hope within reach. Hello, I would like to know who in the pick and pookie pole moved my cheese. Somebody moved my cheese. Who moved my cheese? Okay. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 
Cecil change. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Something happened. Oh, here's Cecil. There we are. Okay. Woo! It's time for the, well, you know, uh, uh, take 12 trivia. Ah, uh, that mama little discombobulated today. Ah, <laughs> uh, that'll take 12 trivia will straighten me right up. And this week, it's brought to you by that award-winning magazine, The 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Yes, yes, indeedy poo. <laughs> okay, Monty Man, uh, right. we all know you're just a little cheesy, you know, <laughs> little cheesy. So do your cheese trivia. We're all just waiting to I hear knew it. it. <laughs> 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 All right. Here we, here we go. Cheese here we go. trivia. Cheese trivia. Marv. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Can hardly wait for this one. All right. Uh, how many pounds of milk does it take to make one pound of cheese? Here's your choices. Uh, 10 pounds of milk, 5 pounds, or 50? What do you think, Marv? 5 pounds. What do you think, Denver? I'm going with five. I thought three, but five. Yeah, no, sorry. It's ten. Really? Wow. Ten pounds of milk take it takes to make one pound of cheese. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder I love cheese. No wonder we're clogged up so yeah, bad. Yeah, huh. Uh mice don't actually prefer cheese, by the way. Excuse me. Why not? And here's your choices. <laughs> uh. It molds. It's not sweet. Or it's hard to digest. <laughs> Constipation. Yeah. Why don't they really like it? Uh, uh, Denver, you go first. <laughs> it's hard to digest. Hard to digest? What do you think, uh, Marv? It's molds, it's not sweet, or it's hard to digest. That's why they don't like it. It's hard to digest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are not doing well. Yeah, it's moldy, huh? They, no, they don't like it. because No, they'll eat moldy things. Uh, as long as it's sweet, they'll eat just about anything. Uh, because it's not sweet, they avoid it. Really? Yeah, they'll start to eat it and then they'll spit it out. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. It's attracting so to them. where did that come from? I don't know. It's attracting to them because <clears throat> of the odor, and then they don't. They usually don't like to eat it. That yeah. is weird. Where Isn't did that, that uh, the whole cheese thing come from? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it maybe it was because like a block of cheese has holes in it, little mice poked their heads out, or it was a cartoon, or I don't know where it came from. That'd be an interesting it thing would. to find Research. out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Google. Yeah. Uh, which fast food giant uses the most amount of cheese? McDonald's, Ooh. Subway, or Pizza Hut? Oh my goodness, that's Pizza tough. Hut. Pizza Hut. What do you think, Denver? Ah, uh, just to throw it off, I'm going to go with Mickey D. Are you? Well. You're right, Marv. (laughs) It was the obvious Pizza Hut because of pizza and and so so forth. And uh, I don't know if, uh, well, I don't know if it's real cheese anyway, is it? Mm, They say Mm, it is on the box. Processed cheese food. (laughs) They say it uh, is on the box. Who are the largest consumers of cheese worldwide? The French, the Greeks, or the Americans? Denver? Who eats more cheese than anybody? Well, we hope Italy would, but I'm going to go with us Americans. Okay. I'm going to go with Greeks. Marv's correct. Oh, Yay. you're winning today. Yeah. Sorry, Denver. <laughs> cheese fluffs. Uh, <laughs> which cheese is not native to the U.S.? Colby, cheddar, or Jack? How are we supposed to know that? It's trivia. You take a guess, you silly monkey. Marv, what do you think? Colby. Colby is not? Okay. What was my choice? Colby, Cheddar, or Jack, which is not native to the U.S.? Jack. Mm, sorry, guys. It's Cheddar. Cheddar is not native to the really? U.S. The other two are. Yeah. Where did it yeah. come from? I don't know. From Cheddar- Wait a minute. Cheddarville. I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Inquiring cheeseaholics want to know. What is a cheesemonger? Cheesemonger? <laughs> Is it a person who sells cheese, a person who loves cheese, or a person who collects cheese? Can you imagine oh, a person that collects goodness. cheese? What's that smell? Oh, this is my brie section. It's been here for three months. <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> cheese monger is somebody who sells, loves, or collects. Collects. Love. Ah, oh, you guys. <laughs> A lot of cheese fluffs today. No, it's a person who sells cheese. Person who sells cheese. Uh, the most expensive cheese comes from which animal? Horse, moose, or camel? Oh, my. What? Yeah. The most expensive cheese comes from one of these. Horse, moose, or camel? Uh, no. Stop. For... We're, we're milking camels? Yes. And moose? And moose? <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I just, I want to go with camel, but I'm going to go with moose. Oh, yeah? Okay. What do you think, Marv? Uh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I th- yeah, Marv. Uh, what do you camels. think? You going to go with camel? Yeah. Well, Both wrong. Oh, no, Marv is wrong, but Denver, you're right. It's moose cheese, baby. Of course. So I want to know who's milking that moose. How, yeah, how <laughs> you're getting milk out of a moose. I saw a moose attack a convertible once up in the mountains. It's not a pretty sight. They're a large animal. Yeah, and you know when they're coming. <laughs> thum, 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 thum. I mean, the whole ground shakes. So I want to know who's under that moose milking that moose. Yeah. Uh, We're going to leave that alone. (laughs) That guy's going, who moved my cheese, baby? Uh, Which type of cheese is the world's most consumed? Is it mozzarella, cheddar, or Swiss? Denver? Mots. Yeah, I think mots. Mots? No, it's cheddar, actually, guys. (laughs) Cheddar is uh, consumed more than Where'd cheddar come from? Cheddarville, I told you. It's I from the cheddar, cheddar Slovakians. Keep throwing this (laughs) cheddar out. I want to know where it came from. (laughs) And here's your last one. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which state produces the most cheese? Vermont, Wisconsin. California, or Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes, you guys are correct. It is Wisconsin. And there you go. There's um, there, there's the end of... Um, they make cheddar. Cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> that was really cheesy. That's right. I can sing now. La, la, la. Okay, so the topic this week is who moved my cheese? Uh, What moose moved my cheese? I just can't. Something about milking a moose that I just... Stop thinking about it. it's, It's hard to fathom. Uh, I wonder what moose cheese tastes like. Hey, we should go by the Mennonite store and see if they've ever heard of moose cheese. Yeah, <coughs> I've been by there. I haven't got that. The horseradish is great. Right. They make a white horseradish cheddar. And, you know, I don't like horseradish, yeah. horseradish, but I was at the uh, the country mercantile, you know, on the way up to Spokane. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and I had a turkey sandwich there that was... Incredible. That's a win. I mean, this thing was amazing. And I did not know that there was horseradish, like creamed horseradish on there. And it was just enough. And it was right. marvelous. Yeah, they don't have to be overbearing. No. It. It's, it's it, good when it was, it's mild. It was delish. So who moved my cheese? All right, so you're going along life. You got your cheese lined up. You got your day planned out. What was that? Did that actually make a noise? Mm-hmm. The phone's ringing in the background. Better answer. But we're not going to answer it. Who is it? Uh, it it's, it's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it's Montgomery Moose. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. I don't have... Everything's turned off. That's yeah, they're, they're strange. Anyway, they're done. Uh, they're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, you, you're going about your day and... Not everybody has their day planned out, but I mean, like A, B, C, D, E, and F, but we kind of know what our day is going to entail, and we're zipping along, and something totally unexpected comes out of left field, like we get T-boned at the traffic light, uh, or uh, any number of things. Uh, How well do we deal with change that's unexpected? And we'll start with Marv. Lucky mm. you. Yeah. Um, how, how did you deal with it? How do you deal with it? Are you better than you used to be? I've dealt with it several different ways. Yeah. Share. Yeah. Well. Share some of your cheese. Um, the big change, and I don't mean to be morbid, 
But the really big deal that hit me was right. when my wife passed away. Wow, yeah. And um, what, how I dealt with that is I got sick. Oh, physically yeah. ill. Mental, mentally. Ah. Um, and that that was actually, be, uh, it came on me like somebody flipped a light switch, and I had no idea it was coming, um, had no control over it, no power over it. It hit me, and I was hospitalized and back and forth. It was a big mess wow. for a very long time. So there's change that happens. You cannot prepare for the result. You can't. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there's a change that happens that I observe that I'm really happy about. It doesn't happen to me, but it happens. I see it unfold in somebody else's life. Yeah. And and um, it it makes me really. Tickled to death to see it happen. Um, uh, other than that, right off the top of my head, I so so you you've been around <clears throat> the twelve step room rooms for may I just say a while, a while, <laughs> <laughs> and so you've had the privilege and and and. Really, the the honor and the enjoyment of being able to watch some people come in just a mess, right? Oh, and yeah. go through a process. Maybe they've come in and out a few times, or they, you know, they've yeah. they've they've dipped and jumped and moved and then on. And you've watched them kind of metamorphose into from a worm to a butterfly, quite yeah. literally, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and 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 you've watched people go the other way too. I'm sure. Come in and actually get worse, and yeah. not not make it. Yes, and that's heartbreaking. Some um to the point of suicide. Yeah, right. Have you watched more people get better and improve than you have watched yeah. them go backwards? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and a lot of them too. You know, there's kind of a, this mentality that goes on in meetings and stuff. When somebody disappears, you know, oh, they're out drinking. And, yeah, that's the first assumption, and, right? And yeah. uh, quite a few people have very valid reasons for not being there, and they come back, and you pop into your life, and they're doing great. Sure. Know? So. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So it is always a pleasure to watch it, people grow and. and uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking right now of a student, Denver, that you and I both know. Um, I was telling uh, one of the interns last night. He was kind of shaking his head about this guy. I said, "You know what? That guy's going to make it. He's doing just fine. He's got his quirks. He's a little weird. He's just a little twisted, but we all are. And actually, I think he's going to be just fine." And when this guy came in, I didn't know. I was like. I, I I would have voted him less likely to succeed, and um, people surprised us. So, what about you, Denver? How do you? You're kind of going through some challenges right now, where some stuff came out from out of left field, and change may happen, may not, but it may. And you're kind of trying to prepare for dealing with it. So, how you doing? Hmm. Change, like many different flavors of cheese, comes at different levels, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes Some stinks really some, bad. Sometimes change is very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then other times uh, y- you are prepared for this, actually prepared. You've prepared yourself for this change, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, change, when you see it happen with somebody else... Often is beautiful, like Marv said. You right. Know, you, you see recovery, and you see these people. The light bulb comes on. I, I see it with students and things. So that kind of change is always wonderful to see. On a personal basis, sometimes uh, it it just it hits you blindside, and you go, "What now?" You know? Yeah. What now? 
and uh, it, it's a difficult season. Sure. I, I equate everything to seasons in my life now. You know, it, I realize that what I'm going through at this particular moment probably is building some kind of character that is going to help me the next season that comes up. And in that, I'm thinking that's that's where where we prepare for the next thing. Right. 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 And it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. I mean, no. I've, I've lived a lot of my life in a backpack, and you would think that kind of a person is could adapt uh, to change well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And not, I not necessarily. They, not necessarily. I mean, I really kind of like to have my backpack set in one spot, and then something rattles it, and it's time to move on, and. Like I said, it, there's been extremely uncomfortable moments, but at the end of that, uh, I end up finding a different flavored cheese or a better block mm -hmm. of cheese or something. Mm -hmm. it, it's just that season that of unknowing that is concerning right. to me. Right, right. So sometimes our preparedness for unexpected change isn't going to be deliberate. We're actually preparing for it unbeknownst to ourselves by going through what we're going through currently that's uncomfortable. Kind of like in your case. It, so it, what you know, what am I being prepared for it's leading the next into, time. It's leading into a different chapter. It's interesting because um and I've I've often asked myself this because I've been guilty of this uh myself is is we go those of us in twelve step recovery circles ideally if we've applied and implemented the 12-step process ideally we are able to um adapt to ch change a little easier a little little uh, you know a little more organized i guess you could say by applying and implementing those steps in our life and when something blindsides us we can kind of step up to the plate and to quote a famous phrase, do the next right thing. However, I find it interesting, even in my own life, where something will happen and I don't do that, even though I've been in meetings for years, I've applied those steps and those principles, I've worked them several times over, I've had sponsors, blah, 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 and something will happen where you would think, the outsider would think, well, with all that training and all that right. learning, <clears throat> you would think he would approach that change that popped up unexpectedly a little, little better than he did with all that experience under his belt. And I've asked myself that question. So why I didn't handle why that didn't better? I handle it better? I've got all the yeah. tools and I, and I'm not sure other than to say that sometimes you just don't. We're emotional creatures. Yeah, I mean I run high on emotions. It catches me off guard and it's like I spike. It's like oh yeah. my god, what, what am I going to do? You know uh, right? And I like to think I'm kind of uh, of age where I'm grounded enough that I can. Take a deep breath and move on. And it has got a lot better. But right. But still, there are those moments, those things that catch you off guard. They do. That, that hurt or just send you sideways for a moment. In the book, um, Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson, there's four four uh, personalities here. Um, there is two mice. They're named Sniff and Scurry. And there's two humans who are the same size as mice, uh, and their names are him and haw, because they do a lot of hemming and hawing, <laughs> and sniff and scurry do a lot of sniffing and scurrying around. And it's a, it, the book is about their approach to how they take care of their cheese, and this maze they live in, called life, life called life, and what they do to prepare and and. You know, it's interesting because I, I never thought of this till I got to the end of the book. Sniff and Scurry in the in the story tend to approach their cheese and how they take care of it in a more mature. Um, they handle it better. They kind of know how to prepare better. Whereas him and Har, they're whining and they're complaining and 
you know, they go somewhere and their cheese has been moved. They don't know what to do. And they find out later on they actually moved it. I mean, all this stuff. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Is this a little unfair? Because in in, in the scheme of the story of the relationship between mice and cheese, which we found out in trivia, really may be a fallacy. But in that scheme of things, don't mice actually kind of know how to deal with cheese better than humans anyway. And this is kind of an unbalanced story, right? It's like, well, of course the humans are knuckleheads. They don't deal with cheese. Mice deal with it every single day. So I thought, well, it's a little, little one-sided, perhaps. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I think that is kind of life. Some people deal with change better just kind of instinctively than other people do. And so what about the change that we create ourselves intentionally and we're moving along and then it turns on us? Uh, We're preparing to do something or we have a dream or a goal and everything, and we think it, oh, man, I've been praying about it. All the doors are opening. God's making a way where there seems to be no way. And then, bam, something happens, and the whole picture changes. Again, out of nowhere, kind of. Then what do we do? So how do you guys handle it when you really believe that you were doing what God wanted you to do, and then the whole thing goes sideways? I really get frustrated with that because then I start questioning my skills as far as listening to the Lord. Are they are they thwarted? Are they am I not listening? What am I doing wrong? You know, I had an incident at a job where I really felt like that's where God wanted me, and all the doors opened, and then one day out of nowhere they closed, and I thought, did I miss something? And, of course, I beat myself up for it because I felt like I wasted my time. So I ever plan anything, Marv, and just really had it laid out, and then it just backfired? Um, Not so much actually planning as, um, well, it's just a matter of semantics, I guess, but uh, hopes and dreams right? that I thought were good, Mm -hmm. I thought were valuable, I thought was needed, mm. and it never transpired. Everything blew up. It just went, yeah, down the tube. Right. I'm st- and the, the, the other part too. While you were talking, I, I thought about it. What about people who experience this, and it don't quit happening? It just keeps going and going and going. No matter what they do, no matter how hard they try? Um, yeah. Doors keep shutting on them, that kind of thing? Yeah. There's uh, people all around you, quote, unquote, who are Christians, right? are telling you uh, all of this really neat stuff about how God loves you and God's going to take care of you and God's going to meet your needs and and he's right there with you and all that and this stuff just keeps going on and on and on and uh kind of wondering and then, when and, and then yeah. uh after a few months then your face starts to dwindle and you're kind of hanging on by the skin of your teeth you know, like when is this stuff they're talking about actually going to happen, right? Well, or uh, situations uh, change that stand in the way of that happening. Mm. That that's a rough. That, yeah, that that uh, is really difficult. Yeah, how do you uh, prepare for that? I don't know that you can. <laughs> I don't know. That you, and I've seen people stick very, hold very tightly to their faith in that and come out the other end. And I'm like, wow, you're a better man than me. I mean, if I had gone through some of the things I've seen some people go through, I don't know that I would have turned tail and run. I mean, there's some pretty hefty stuff that people go through and they keep holding on. Your thoughts never? Have you ever, ever, ever 
really thought you were doing the right thing and you kept hearing people say, yeah, keep going, keep going. And it just, all those promises were just like, really? Is this really going to happen? I know one particular incidence, incident. I have thought and thought and thought and planned out and ruled out and walked yeah. it mentally through my head a numerous times. And plans don't turn out that way. Yeah. What you spoke of going through those long drought seasons, uh, I... I wonder often how people hang on to that myself. I, I guess maybe I've been blessed. I've never been through anything that I couldn't see a glimmer of light at at the end of the tunnel. So I consider myself blessed in that fact that I, I always hang on to a little bit of hope. Yeah. There's going to be something better coming. Right. I just got to hang on through that. So, yeah. I... I don't even know where I was going with that, basically. But then <clears throat> those dry seasons, some of people just, they weather them, I think, better than I ever could. I do, too. And, you know, part of that, too, I think, has to do with uh, a couple of things. A life experience, your worldview, mm. and your ability to accept. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things, personally, that, that I've come to grips with is um so let's say for example um i i want to do a certain thing that helps kids and i have this idea how to do it but here we go we're plodding along and trying to get there and all of us what i realize now is okay uh maybe i'm not supposed to help kids in that particular way right right and be able to accept that. Yeah. And take a turn or whatever. <clears throat> so sometimes I think we can we, 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 we partially get the mission and then maybe through interjecting our own plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought. We we miss it a little bit, but maybe not completely. It's almost like God says, Well, you you're you're kind of right here, but <laughs> Actually, you need to move over here just a little bit more, and and then then you've got it. So, I had a and I realized too. For me, I don't know about you guys, but some of this stuff has to do with selfishness. It's what I want. Our little plans. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Remember, Bruce yeah. used to say that. Yeah. You know, I'm just so concerned about my little plans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and in fact, he used to say all the time. Um, who am I to get up in the morning and ask God to join me in my little plans? Right. Right. <laughs> Lord, be with me as I go to so-and-so's house to do such and such. And Bruce would say, what makes me think God wants me to go do that? I didn't even ask him. I just said, come on, God, you're coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we do that. You know, and the part of that is is we do it because we feel comfortable with God and we feel, you know, confident with him and so forth. But it is an interesting point. So I think uh, sometimes change happens. God is totally in it, and it's uncomfortable, but he's moving us out of the way of perhaps danger. The flat tire that happens on the way to work. Who knows? Maybe if you hadn't got it, you'd ended up in that collision. Yeah, that red light. Right? Um, the, the, The job that you had to walk away from for a while. Maybe if you had been there, something else would have happened. Or if you'd been there, maybe you would have been part of the problem and somebody wouldn't have been able to benefit the way they should have. And you need to be out of the way for a little while. Who knows? I mean, I I know when we say God's got your back, that sometimes it, it, it sounds like a platitude, but it's true. He really does. And... Uh, you know, we always talk about nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So we're we're big, you know, supporters of change until it happens to us. And then it's like, Jeez. you know, this was going this was going along just so well. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, it's funny because in um, some of your twelve step fellowships, like Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, for instance. They love to interrupt 
by causing change in the service structure. So you are permitted to serve in different capacities for a certain length of time. And we joke about it in these groups because we say, just when you got that position down, it was time to give it up and somebody else gets put in that position. Well, there's a reason for that. You get comfortable in it and you start not doing your job quite as good. You start getting too comfortable. And so change has to come along. And then, of course, it gives opportunity for other people to serve. And so you don't become the the uh, the ruler of whatever it is. I am the treasurer. You know, I'm the I'm God's gift to being Coffee the bot. group service <laughs> representative or whatever. And I've watched I've watched groups, individual groups have the same secretary. So some groups the secretary chairs the meeting. I've watched some groups have the same secretary year after year after year, and that same guy or gal is chairing that meeting for years. And they start getting a little big-headed, think they can control things. And uh, these fellowships are very smart to say, okay, there's a time limit here for you to go ahead and move into another position and let somebody else have a turn. And that's change. And that's a change that's good. So change is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen when we least expect it. It's going to happen when we plan it. It can be premeditated. And it it much of the time just comes out of nowhere. How are you going to deal with it? Are you going to stomp your feet? Who moved my Sometimes. cheese? Sometimes <laughs> you are. I know I have. Sometimes. You know, and scream and holler. And, you know, it doesn't change the fact that the cheese has been moved. Yeah. It's not there any longer. No, you know, and maybe I'm wasting a lot of time stomping my feet when I could go out and look for the cheese. Find it. Or get some new cheese. Yeah. Right? Because old cheese can be very gross. I suppose. Uh. <laughs> I like aged cheese, but. Yeah, aged cheese, but it has to be done properly. Yes. You just can't sit a block of cheese out on the counter and wait for a year and then go, oh, that looks yummy. <laughs> Probably but, not. But we kind of do that in life sometimes. Well, I'll just, I'll let God take care of it, and it'll be okay, and I won't participate, and then I'll come along. You remember the story of the little red hen? Was it the little red hen that was preparing everything, you know, for like the end of the world or something, and asked for help from all the different animals, and none of them wanted to help? Where did you pull that story up from? I ju- it just came to my mind. You know what I'm because talking I, about? I do just that much, but, I mean, I don't know the story. It but... was, no, I, it was something about baking bread yeah. or something. And, and you know, she wanted to help to get the flour and knead the dough, and nobody wanted to help her. But when the bread got made, they Everybody were all there. It. They yeah. all wanted it. And she said, sorry. That's weird. Yeah. So they experienced change, right? (laughs) She picked up the bread or the ball, if you will, and went ahead and did it anyway. So it's uh, it's a good question to ask. How how are you preparing yourself for unexpected change? Can you prepare yourself for unexpected change? And when it happens, what do you do? And I think uh, Dr. Alan Berger would probably have a lot to say about this when it comes to emotional sobriety. Are we emotionally sober when change comes out of nowhere? Can we act and not react? Right. And I think we're all in a process working on this stuff. I don't think we all get it down Amen. perfectly. But um, I, I think if we're in recovery and, and we're in service and we're practicing the principles that are in these steps and we're holding tight to our higher power, I, I, I think we do better than when we don't do those things. So there you go. So if you're wondering who moved your cheese... Who knows? You know, it may not. E- it may not even. <laughs> Who knows? It may not even be moved. You may just be looking in the wrong place. Like when you woke up from parking your car somewhere else. <laughs> Nobody moved it. You parked. Yeah. You parked it where it, you parked it. Was it was parked right there where I left it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any closing thoughts, Marv? Mm, nope. <laughs> Ding Anver. No. <laughs> we'll leave it at that today Alright, uh, we're closing out our uh, our show With this song uh, By Chris Moore And uh, an old uh, high school buddy of mine Ron Dady 
uh, from their album Atlantica. It's called Getting There. Here's uh, Chris and Ron. These guys are talented, very talented.
And that was Getting There by Chris Moore and Ron Dady off of their Atlantica album. To visit their website, go to facebook.com forward slash Atlantica Music Production. Thanks, guys, for some phenomenal sounds. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man reminding you that if you're wondering who moved your cheese, well, maybe God's behind it and he's trying to teach you something. Until next time, this is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show and our family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Ooh, kitty, 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 kitty.